0: Welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. We are back. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at AllDayPackers and I'm joined as always by Braun. You can follow him on Instagram at Lambo Leapers. and we're coming off of a great win. Great game. Sunday night football game winning field goal. Did it have to be that dramatic? No, not at all. But man, it was it was a pretty fun game. Braun, how are you feeling after that game?
1: Well, they definitely proved me wrong, Griff, and uh, obviously that's I wanted them to prove me wrong, and that was the first time I ever thought that they really were going to lose a football game in a long time. So, uh, really excited to have them come out and get a win, and obviously excited to talk about it with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you haven't listened to our podcast from last week, don't or listen to the first like forty minutes. <laughs> don't don't listen to anything we said because God, they proved us wrong. Uh, everything everything I was hoping to see in that game, we were able to do. In my it was it felt like. Such a dream that oh man we're gonna be able to stop the run on Sunday night oh we're gonna be able to consistently move the ball downfield and all those things came true and it was it was just a great game especially the first half we were up seventeen nothing for the first like fifty nine minutes pretty much and then <laughs> you know the funniest thing about the entire game Ron is that we talked about last week how we gotta start getting the kickoff when moving the coin toss and uh, just going down the field on the opening drive scoring setting the momentum. You know, setting the tone for the game, how we're going to play it. And uh, it actually happened this week. And what do you know? The 49ers get to double up at halftime. They get to score right before halftime, get the ball back, and score another touchdown on the first drive of the second half. Something that we always dream about doing and something that Aaron Rodgers always talks about but we're rarely ever able to do. Uh, The 49ers do it. Of course they do.
1: Well, Griff, yeah, we talked about that quite a bit last week where we were considering – You know, Is it time to maybe take the ball and let our offense go to work? And like you said, grab the momentum out of the gate. Uh, We did get the ball, not by our choosing, but I'm sure we would have chosen that anyway. It sounds like we would have. So we went there. I felt like we had a really good drive. That first pass of the game to Lazard was super encouraging because that felt like a huge, big play uh, that was going to kind of set the tone for the game and dictate the pace that we were going to play with. Uh, That that, that was a great pass by Rodgers, one of his better of the day. And uh, I really liked the way that ball went to Lazard, and he was able to get involved right away. Uh, So that whole play entirely was very, very encouraging for me for the game uh, from the get-go, and then you kind of saw how we were able to take advantage. We did only get three, but I was just happy to get points on the board uh, just to put us ahead right away. And then we were able to kind of dictate the pace from there. Defense made very good stops early on, and it was – you know that defensive performance was in, in that first half, in particular, right before, even including that that last uh, that last minute touchdown. I felt like that defensive performance was one of the best we've seen from this team in years and years and years in that first half. So I was really encouraged by that. And then you put it together with the fact that we scored 17 points. The offense started humming after that first drive. We got into a rhythm. Rogers played super well. Uh, Devontae Adams obviously got into a groove and and got better as the game went on. So. I was really encouraged by everything surrounding that performance, especially when you consider the fact that it was in San Francisco against a great Niners team with a lot of talent and a really good defensive front against a lot of backups on our team. We were missing key guys, so really encouraging performance. That felt like a playoff game to me, and the way that we were able to win it in such exciting fashion, I mean, that's – Rogers talked about it. That is a game that you're going to remember, and that is what's going to kind of propel us into – what I think is Super Bowl contention for this season moving forward. It was a signature
0: win, I believe, for for number 12. And Matt LaFleur being able to beat his former employer must have felt good for him, finally beating a healthy 49ers team with no excuses. Uh, I, I don't know if Rodgers is still looking for a galvanizing moment from 2018, but maybe this is <laughs> – that was a joke, Ron. Do you remember the galvanizing moment? Yes, uh, maybe I this I is always it. think about yeah. that.
1: I always <laughs> think about that. And maybe this is the one that gives us that 2018 spark.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Mike McCarthy will finally put the foot on the gas.
1: Um, no, I'm it must joking, not have but... been the Jake Kumaro touchdown. It must not have been that. It's probably this. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I throughout the first half, I was kind of thinking to myself. I feel like if the 49ers had gotten the ball first the roles kind of would have been reversed probably like we would have been not been able to move the ball at all on offense not been able to get a first down and the 49ers would have just had that momentum and being able to keep going down the field and scoring and scoring and scoring but you know I think I think this team is a lot like like who like the Baltimore Ravens where it's just when we're playing from ahead we're able to run our offense in ways that I don't know why but we're just not able to when we're when we're behind and we get scared to do things when we're behind that we're able to when we have to lead so it was definitely important to go down the field on the opening drive get the get the three points obviously Yash Nishman kind of kind of set us back a little bit on that opening drive took us took seven points off the board or four points off the board cuz we were still able to get a field goal but any kind of points is important in that spot and then the defense like we said they they played way better than I, I think any Packer fan in the country was was giving them credit for so, props to them for for keeping the game in hand.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Josh, and I feel like yes, he started out like like he like you would expect a guy who's never started a game to play. Like he he came out, he drew a penalty, uh, stalled that drive, but then. You have to to think about the guys he was going against. Consistently, they were matching Nick Bosa on him, trying to get a free rusher, basically, uh, hoping that Nick would just kind of take care of him uh, and and have a shot at A-Rod. And and he was in the backfield a bunch throughout this game, but that is Nick Bosa. You know, We have to understand that that was Yasha's first game, and I feel like he really started to settle down. He didn't play great by any means, but he certainly played well enough for them to win, as they did. Uh, You look at the way Rodgers was able to get the ball out on time, Um, those are the kind of things that mask any kind of injuries or issues that the offensive line can, can have. So when you don't have to worry about holding super long protection, when Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball out fast, Devante, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, MVS are beating their guys downfield pretty quickly under that 2.5 second mark that you like. Um, when that's happening, you don't have to worry as much about how long the offensive line is going to protect the quarterback. Because all that stuff is happening before the pass rusher really even gets a chance to, to make a move or get to the quarterback. So I feel like the way that we were able to execute on offense had a lot to do with the fact that the offensive line held up well enough to, for us to win. And if Rodgers can keep getting the ball out on time and in rhythm with Matt LaFleur's play calls allowing him to do so, if all that happens, then we really don't have to worry as much about the guys that we've got on the offensive line. We just have to worry about the unit playing sound in the run game and playing well enough to keep Rodgers upright on some of those longer pass plays.
0: Rodgers' time to throw on Sunday night was 2.17, which was by far season low. Obviously, way lower than the Week 1 output of 2.89, which obviously didn't work out very well for the offense. And like you said, Rodgers in rhythm, there's no quarterback like it. He can just turn into the pocket assassin and just dice up a defense in under two and a half seconds. And I I wish, I'm glad that he realizes that. I'm glad that after week one, he was able to realize that he's got to play more in rhythm, work on the timing because this offense is so much better um, when he's able to get that ball out. And especially going up against a defensive line like the 49ers without two of our top offensive linemen, course, we needed to get that ball out. And uh, I, the thing I like the most, honestly, from Matt Lafleur and Rogers and/or um, was kind of ditching the play-action game. Like that's kind of the bread and butter of this offense, and they totally ditched it. They only ran three play-action plays the entire night, which was their lowest since Week Nine, 2019. If you remember that game against the Los Angeles Chargers and Joey Bosa, different Bosa brother. Well, wow. uh, so obviously, it's it's pretty impressive to be able to just switch to a completely different brand of offense. And I guess you're able to do those things when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams and a ground game and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon that you can rely on. But obviously props to Matt LaFleur for uh, realizing that he's got a banged up O-line and doing things to to help mitigate that factor. And he also chipped Bosa a lot with Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanyan and the running backs. And that helped a whole, t- a whole lot uh just being able to get Rodgers that extra half a second maybe just to get the ball out that helped a ton and when you think back to the Mike McCarthy years of just five line prote- five man protections and isolations on the tackles and doing nothing even if the pass rush was getting home all day uh and it was so frustrating i mean, it's, it's easy to take it for granted but Matt LaFleur is really good at accounting for weaknesses on his roster
1: yeah you think about the play action stuff you mentioned only 3 play action passes in the game. Uh, I'm thinking about also how we ran a lot of empty formations and and just kind of had Rodgers in there on an island in in the pocket, uh, which was a little bit surprising. I thought they would hold at least more often having at least a running back back there or a tight end in line to kind of help Chip Bosa and the other guys like Armstead and even D Ford who are in there making, uh, making an impact. You have to think about uh, the fact that we really did run out there with a lot of empty formations. And I was surprised at that originally, but we had a lot of success in those moments. Uh, so it was pretty encouraging to see them do something that I didn't think they would be able to have success with and come out and play well. Um, and Rogers to be able to get the ball out on time, even in those empty formations. Uh, like I said, the, the offensive line did well enough to be able to have those kind of executions come into play. And then Matt LaFleur, you mentioned, you know, he had. I felt like he had a really good game for the most part. There was a couple of calls where you would have preferred, obviously, a little bit something different, but that's with every game. I feel like that first touchdown play call was just one of those, one of those calls where you're just like amazed how easy it was and and how easy it was able to be made looked uh, by Devontae, uh, where they were faking that that motion inside, and then he just stayed out there, and the corner wasn't even close, and Devontae was able to just walk in the end zone that fake jet. I mean, that was incredible. That's, that's such, a, such a smart play call. It's so creative. Like, those are the kind of things that we brought Matt LaFleur in for, and it makes Roger's job easier. It makes everybody's job easier. So that, that, that's where you see his value. And I feel like his presence on the sideline, uh, fighting for his guys out there, you know, when they showed him on TV alone, I mean, you could just – you could feel his presence out there uh, he was really fighting for his guys in terms of the the penalties that were being called. And you just love to see that from the head coach where he's, you know, he's getting hot. He's mad at the referees. He's, he wants his guys to get those calls that they deserve. And he wants them to stop making bad calls for his guys on the field as well. So his presence out there was, it really felt like he was fighting for this team. And, and he was just a bigger part as anything as to why we won that football game. And, And I love having him as our leader.
0: He's a great leader. He brings the energy every single week. He's always out there, like you said, fighting for his guys, spiking the challenge flag at the referee. He, <laughs> I remember the first time he did that? I think it was, uh, week four, two thousand nineteen, his first year against the Eagles. That's like the iconic GIF of him throwing the flag like that. Yeah, he did yeah. it again on Sunday. He's he's a funny guy. Um, I was watching this game around some uh some non-football fan friends and that first touchdown I like stood up and I, I kind of embarrassed myself cuz man this dude is just he's a wizard man him Nathaniel Hackett Luke Getzi maybe Rodgers I don't know who but the combination of all of them together man they are just they come out with this they come out with some of the best red zone play designs that I've ever seen that like it's so smart, like you said, that that fake to Devontae looks like he's gonna run the jet motion, and he just he just at the snap, darts the other way, wide open. It felt a lot like the touchdown against the Rams in the playoffs last year, where Jalen Ramsey threw a little little fit in the end zone uh just they manufacture ways to get the ball into Devonte's hands and they manufacture ways to get the ball into the end zone in general and week in week out this offense it just looks so easy when they come up with plays like that
1: yeah i as soon as J- devonte started running to the inside with the jet I was thinking tap pass. I was like, "Guess that's what I thought." At least a fake. Yeah, at least they right. would fake the tap pass.
0: That's and what all the, of America thought, my friend.
1: Yeah, the Niners, the Niners DBs were ready to see the fake tap pass. I think, and Devontae run through and probably try something similar to what they did in that Rams game with Jalen Ramsey. But instead, he faked the inside, stayed out there, and nobody was around him. And it was just one of those creative plays where you just you're just in awe. Like, like that's not a play where, like, the casual fan would jump up and scream, but, like, us, us we were definitely, like, shocked and amazed at how creative that play was, and, and that was one of the more fun touchdowns to watch from that game.
0: It's because you think every week, like, you're not, he can't come up with more ways to get the ball in the end zone, but he always does, he always does, and he's he's really had such a historic start to his career, his coaching career. I mean, I, I've tried to look up look up this data so many times i can't find it anywhere but like he's he's had to have set a record right for first what is he at 30 starts or 30 i guess coaches don't really start games 30 coaching 30 games coached how many games has he lost in total like eight including the playoffs it's insane and everyone talks about he's got aaron Rodgers. he wouldn't be the same without aaron Rodgers. but i go back and watch aaron Rodgers in 2018 even 2019 i mean It's like he's a different quarterback now, man, and a lot of that is because of Matt LaFleur.
1: Yeah, he certainly helped Aaron, and it's kind of been the perfect marriage where Rodgers and his capabilities have been able to open up Matt LaFleur to have success with the offenses and the evolved offenses that he was running uh, in Tennessee. Uh, Rodgers has has allowed him to have success using those kind of play calls with the play action stuff and, and marrying the run with the pass and executing those run alerts. And and with obviously the decision making and Rogers ability to make his adjustments and, and to check with Mies and things of that nature, all of that is is Rogers intellect pairing perfectly with Matt Lafleur's scheme. That makes it so much easier on him. Plus, everything that Matt Lafleur has done to kind of keep Rogers in rhythm, get him back fundamentally, which Rogers has done on his own as well. So it's it's really been like these two have made each other perfect in their own capabilities, and it, it's kind of maximized the, uh, the success that we could have had with both of them. So I I think they both really need each other and it's perfect, uh, to have these two kind of at the helm of this Packers team. And, and we have, you know, you look at, you look at our roster, we've got the best quarterback in the NFL. We've got the best receiver in the NFL. Aaron Jones is elite in his own way. And we've got a bunch of elite guys on offense and defense where the talent on this team and the, and the coaching that we have puts us in the conversation for the Super Bowl as long as we've got these guys around. So, you know, I'm, I'm just super excited for this year and what's to come because uh, it's only up from here, and, and these guys are making it look easy for both of them.
0: And we had all that talent three years ago, and we won six games. So, I mean, it's, when you think back to that 2019 coaching search, Braun, I, I know you remember it well, like thinking about, who do we want? We wanted Josh McDaniels, Adam Gase. Oh man, we got so lucky with Matt Lafleur, so lucky. Uh, Dan Campbell, I remember we interviewed him. I mean, I don't know how well he's going to do in Detroit, but I, <laughs> I think I'd much prefer Matt Lafleur. Um, just we got great, great pull by Brian Gutekunst. Probably his his career move right there as general manager hiring Matt Lafleur. Um, Let's talk about the quarterback a little bit though because he looked like his MVP self for 2 weeks in a row. Um on Sunday night, uh, the last 2 weeks I just posted about this today. The last 2 weeks he's had 6 touchdowns, zero interceptions and a passer rating of 133.8, all those lead the NFL. He leads the NFL in EPA per play and completion percentage above expectation the last 2 weeks. So I mean if you we can just pretend that week 1 didn't happen and uh Aaron Rodgers is he, he might win MVP again.
1: Might is probably a little light on, on it. Honestly, I think he's definitely winning MVP again. No, I'm just kidding. But no, he is. He's playing really well now. And it's we've got him back to the position where he's he's playing like he did last year. But something about the way we played last game was you know, what I was saying last week was like, you look at the way we were playing in weeks one and two, and it just wasn't up to what we were even doing last year. And last year, we weren't good enough, obviously, to win the Super Bowl. So I was just in a tough spot. I was like, I don't see this team winning against San Francisco, who's got a good defense and has the game plan and the blueprint to have beaten us on multiple occasions, executing the things that we usually struggle against mightily. But this time we came out and overcame those things that have beaten us over the years. So that's really encouraging as to why we could be taking the next step as opposed to being in the same situation as we have been the past two years. The offense in this past game, especially in the first half and as we went on into the later portions of the game, that was some of the best offense I've seen from this Green Bay team. And you look at the defense, and I said it already, that was some of the best defensive football that Green Bay has played. When you look at that first half, the way they were able to shut out the Niners, I mean, up until that last drive, which was really a result of the kickoff return, that 60, I think it was 68 yards. I mean, that defense executed at the highest of levels higher than we've seen in Green Bay in a really, really long time. So for, for me, we know that the defense had to get better for us to win, and I feel like the way that the defense played and then the way that Aaron Rodgers came out, and I feel like he executed at as high of a level as we've seen from him, uh, really excited at the way that we played. Uh, just the perfect complementary football. I feel like we were able to execute on really in all three phases for most of the game. Punting has been even great. Like it's just everything about this team is different than last year, and we're starting to come into full form now. I think, Uh, and the offense is getting better too. So I feel like we have more to unlock there as well. So I'm I'm really looking forward to what we have in store.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Rodgers. I mean, he the yardage numbers weren't huge, but. He had like four throws that I can think of off the top of my head right now that were like you know vintage Rogers throws. That the one on the opening drive where he rolls out to his left and throws a dart, I that reminded me of 2014 divisional round against Dallas, <laughs> that iconic play where he throws it, puts on the belt. Uh, you know the the one to Lazard that you were talking about earlier. He was much better on the deep ball than he's been all season. He had three completions for 114 yards. He still had some misses, but he was you know way more productive than. Than he had been the previous two weeks, and he finally connected with MVS a couple times, uh, fifty nine yards and a touchdown for MVS. So, just it's all about putting the things together, uh, getting those small, tiny little Ws that uh, you know promote the elite offense that we're used to seeing, and it it looked as much like that as it has all season on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I feel like the way Aaron was throwing the ball, like it just it felt. Like, he really hasn't lost a step, and we, you said he missed a couple throws, and he definitely did, but it was not like, they definitely weren't as blatant or anything like that. Like, I feel like he was much more efficient with the ball, uh, obviously more efficient with his reads, you know, obviously the, 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 time, the time to throw was down uh, as usual, which is great. Uh, so I just feel like the way that he was throwing the ball, putting it in the perfect place, uh, a lot of the vintage stuff you talked about is really when it comes down to Devontae Adams and those back shoulder fades that just perfect balls on all of those like the, the one that was just missed that Devontae kind of hit him in the hands. It was a little bit underneath. He probably should have put it over the top. That was closer. I think that was in the red zone um, and Devontae kind of got on his knees and tried to make a catch similar to the to the one he made in 2016 against the Eagles where he was kind of sliding on his knees uh, looking to catch the ball. And it was just like to the opposite side, and he tried to make that play. And I don't know what happened. It it was just like not a good spot. But I even that was like I felt like it was a good throw, just a tough play to make. Most of those back shoulder fades to the left were on the money for him and for him and Aaron. Uh, so I feel like that connection is as strong as ever. I'd still like to see Randall Cobb get more involved, but other than that, I I was really happy with the way Rogers played, and he's going to continue to get better as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, I mean. Devontae he's still the best receiver in football like he's he's still incredible obviously that game-winning drive was both plays were just great plays by Devontae and Rodgers he's Devontae's fourth in yards in the NFL he's first in targets and receptions he's third in yards per route run um but I mean I feel like I'm interested in your thoughts on this Ron do you think that we kind of force feed the ball to Devontae a little bit too much because I think that He's got he's got 34 targets this season. The next which is obviously leads the team, the second place for targets on the team is 14, MVS with 14 targets. 34 first place, 14 second place. I mean, that's insane. And obviously teams know that we're going to feed the ball to Adams. And I agree that we need to get the ball into our playmaker's hands, but it feels like sometimes it's just we're trying a little bit too hard and we're forgetting what what the offense is built upon and we're just going to the play is just get it to Adams like Rodgers talked about post game he asked Devonte uh what do you want to run a slant or a fade he runs the fade Rodgers kind of messes up the throw and it's incomplete and we have to kick a field goal that game is much different if uh you know we just run any other play rather than what do you want Devonte you know so uh i don't know what are your thoughts on that bro
1: see it's hard like to it's hard to hate on like the idea of like yes we're throwing the ball to Devonte a lot Cause it's like, he makes so many plays and he really has no problem executing, even though they know the ball's going to him and he's going to get doubled sometimes. And there's going to be, you know, a safety there, even against when it's man coverage. And it's like, he's going to have to face oftentimes two guys or, or try to escape from multiple defenders on the field at, at once. Like we still get the ball to him. Devonte wants the ball. Even if he's double covered, they have so much trust with each other. It's like if we know that that's the best player on the field and if we put the ball in his hands, good things happen. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to have any issues with it. But like you said, I feel like we could definitely get the ball to Tunyon more. I feel like he definitely needs to get more involved. Randall Cobb, I mentioned already, like if those guys get the ball, it'll make our offense a little bit more. I don't want to say, cause I don't want to say it's one dimensional right now, but it is like it's either Aaron Jones or Devonte Adams, who's really having all the success. Like, I definitely think we need to hit MVS more on those deep throws. Rodgers had a good start of that this, this past game. I feel like those things have to start developing. Randall Cobb needs to do his work in the slot and, and he's go- I feel like we need to get him involved more because once he gets involved and he gets more in the rhythm of, of getting a multiple catches per game, being involved on every drive. Like I want him to get in the game. Same thing with Alan Lazard. He's got a lot of talent. Like he's, He's very valuable to this offense because of what he does in the run game and because he's also very valuable as a a pass catcher. So I feel like if we can get him the ball like we did to start the game, these guys need to spread the ball around. Uh, Matt LaFleur Nathaniel Hackett need to make sure that everybody's getting involved, including guys like Tunyon and Cobb and everybody else I named, so we can make sure that our offense is very versatile, unpredictable, there's complexity involved like we always want. I feel like those things need to happen.
0: Well said. I think... Rogers, I don't know. Does it start with Rodgers? Yeah, probably. I think he needs to just spread it out a little bit more, you know, like MVS last year at 800 yards. He's not anywhere. He's not on pace for anywhere near that this year. I mean, maybe with the 17th game, but uh, like Lazard, Tunyon, MVS, these guys, they're just not, they don't have the same role that they did last season. And um, it, granted, it's only been three games, but I don't know. I feel like the offense of throw the ball to Devontae and let Devontae work. I feel like that might that might run dry at some point. And every time this offense stalls, especially Sunday night, it felt like it was just cuz we were trying to get the ball to Devontae, which again, great game plan. He's a great player, best receiver in football, but when the defense knows what you're going to do with the ball, maybe you should just stick to the stick to the playbook.
1: Yeah, I don't I think a lot of it is Matt LaFleur as well. Like I don't think Rodgers is, is just like single-handedly going and just throwing it to Devontae every single time. Like, I think Matt LaFleur understands and probably has the game plan to be Devontae Adams gets the ball. I mean, he's probably the first read on 90% of the plays. And if that first read is open, Rodgers – or if it's even remotely close to open, Rodgers is probably going to try to make that throw. So, you know, like I I feel like those are the kind of things that go into it. But um, as we move forward, there's going to be games. Like you mentioned, it's not always going to work like that. So I think they have to – I think Rodgers has to be ready for when a time comes where they, they play a team like even Pittsburgh this week could be a situation where, you know, they don't have fantastic corners. Joe Hayden's a decent corner, but like they do have very solid safeties and they could come up with a good game plan. That's a good defense. You know, they might have a game plan that has Devontae Adams doubled for the entire game. Rodgers has to be ready to, to go through his progressions and look to that second read, he can't get too caught up on trying to force feed it to Devontae. Like, that could be an issue. That, that's, a, that's something we may have to worry about. When we play a team, unlike the 49ers, unlike the Lions, that actually has a good corner, that could maybe give Devontae Adams some trouble on some plays, or that has a good game plan like the Steelers usually do on defense where Devontae could be doubled for a large portion of the game. So those kind of things could happen where we have to start looking to a second option and Aaron has to be ready for that. He can't just assume that Devontae's is going to be open on every play, but I have I have confidence that he'll be able to hit his other guys, go through his progressions and work through his reads uh to be able to hit those guys and we'll still have success.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Well, this this Sunday is going to be a big test for uh for the Packers offense. Obviously, probably the best defense that they've played this season. Uh the Niners defense was very injury riddled, but uh this this Sunday is going to be a different story but uh before we get to that let's let's move on to the defense why don't we if you have anything else to add bron yeah let's do it all right so the defense obviously much better than we were expecting it to be again do not listen to our podcast last week um uh it was just it was a performance from the defense that we're not used to seeing against the the you know the healthy 49ers not counting last season's uh Thursday night game that's 2019, we got 37-38 put up on us two games, the NFC Championship, one of them, and uh, obviously, we were not expecting very much defensive success, and there was a lot of defensive success throughout the first half, the entire first half, pretty much. Uh, I really do not know why the 49ers didn't come out the game, which is Trey Lance. I mean, Jared Goff had he was able to pull out the wheels on us on Monday night last week. I don't know why they didn't put Trey Lance in like pretty much immediately just to see how we would defend it. But uh, I'm thankful that they didn't because it probably wouldn't have gone well for us. But um, Trey Lance did have the the game changing touchdown right before halftime, and uh, that's it. Kind of all I'm not going to say unraveled there because they still held up strong. But um, that's everything before that was defensive excellence and everything after that was kind of, you know, uh, more of what we were expecting. What did you think of the the defense as a whole, Bron?
1: Looking at it from, in terms of like the whole game, I feel like we made strides, definitely played better than we did against the saints, obviously. And we definitely played better than we did against the lions. I feel like too, uh, it, against the lions, it was more like timely stops, where we would just come up with the and, and a little bit of like, uh, just lucky bounces that turned into turnovers for Green Bay, where we were able to kind of just add more points on the board. And by the time the Lions had any chance, it was too late. This game, we kind of we've created the turnovers, we made the stops by executing on defense. I feel like in the last game, it was a little bit more luck based and and just kind of the way the ball bounced. Even though we played better, I, and then in this game, I feel like it was a lot more sound defense, executing the calls, uh, good defensive individual plays by guys like Alexander and Stokes, who had some nice plays at times. I, think, I feel like Savage played pretty well. Uh, Preston Smith, the pass rush I thought was, was strong. Uh, I feel like we showed a strong semblance of a pass rush. Preston Smith, to me, has been excellent in the run game. He's been getting better and better each week in the passing game. Uh, rushing that quarterback. So I feel like he's been doing a great job. And once Zedarius gets back on the field, that's going to be a fierce pass rush. I feel like when Preston's on his game, Rashawn coming into his own each and every week, and then with Z getting back hopefully in the next couple weeks, uh, that's going to be a strong pass rush. And we didn't even talk about yet Kenny Clark, who had a monster game, just absolutely disrupting everything at the line of scrimmage, getting in the backfield. So I feel like the pass rush is getting better. And the rest of the team on defense is playing well enough for us to win and and if we can keep improving as we kind of ease into this system i'm I'm pretty excited about what's to come.
0: yeah, last week we compared this defense to the two thousand sixteen defense, but you know on Sunday night it kind of felt more like the the 2019-2020 defenses that we're used to. Kind of middle of the pack, give up plays here and there, but overall they are able to hold up well enough to, to make it a winnable game. Uh, I feel like a lot of it had to do with Kevin King just not, just not being on the field. I mean, I think when Kevin King is on the field, the opposing quarterback looks at Kevin King, looks at his receiver, and thinks, okay, he's probably going to be open. And then they know where they're going to go with the ball before they even snap it. Um, but Kevin King, you know, being replaced with Eric Stokes and Chandon Sullivan being in the slot mostly, it's just I we had our best athletes on the field. And that matters. That matters. Not having Kevin King out there who who just looks so bad athletically. I mean, he, he just cannot run or move like he used to. Uh, replacing him with some better athletes, I think that matters, especially against the wide receiver corps like the 49ers have. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, a lot of speed on that side of the ball. And uh having having better athletes on defense, I think that helped a lot. George Kittle, too. So having Jair, Eric Stokes, Chandon Sullivan, I think that's that's definitely a winning formula over Kevin King, who just I'm sorry, but he's just a liability every time he's on the field. And Eric Stokes continues to look like a really, really solid solid rookie. He gave up two receptions, which was over three games at career high, two receptions, but uh, he was targeted five times, and he got some, some of the worst penalties that you're ever going to see, so I, I feel bad for him there, but he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have some some bumps in the road, but overall, he continues to look really sticky and really solid.
1: Yeah, I feel like he has been so impressive, especially stepping into a role where he's starting now Kind of two weeks in a row where he's in, he's coming into his own as a guy who's going to be playing a lot of snaps. He played every snap this week. Uh, I, I just, I've been super impressed with his ability to come in and have success right away. Uh, you look at that penalty that was called, uh, that was very ridiculous. I feel like for the most part, he had some really nice breakups. I, that should have been a breakup as well, but they called a the penalty for tapping his arm or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, he, he played really well and I'm looking forward to what he has in store as well. Uh, being that number two guy on the outside, it looks like probably with Jair and him. And then in the slot, I thought Shandon he had that nice breakup to start the game. And immediately it was just like, wow, like that was encouraging to have Chandon break up a pass and then have the defense shut them down on the first drive. Green Bay is getting the ball back up three, nothing. It's like, well, that's exactly what we wanted getting the ball to start the game. And the defense showed up and played well. Uh, that first that first half was some of the best defensive ball I've ever seen from Green Bay's football team, uh, uh, with Rodgers under uh, under center. So that that's exactly what we're looking for. We need to keep this up and improve. And as we move into this system, as these young guys get more comfortable uh, playing together, you know whether it's Kevin in the slot, whether it's Jair in the slot, Shannon in the slot, whoever else is in there, you know even Savage will mix it up in there at times. Like whoever's in there. We know Jair's going to be on the field. It looks like Eric Stokes is going to continue to play. Whoever's going to be in there, they need to get comfortable. We need to have them comfortable in the system, executing uh, their assignments and, and just getting comfortable with each other. And I feel like that will happen over time. This team learned how to win on, on Sunday night against the 49ers, and, and I'm excited to see how they utilize that skill now moving forward against some teams like Pittsburgh, who's always going to be a tough test.
0: The pass rush still wasn't... You know, ferocious wasn't where we'd like to see it, but it was enough. Kenny Clark, like you mentioned, he's having a monstrous season so far. He had another six pressures on Sunday night. He was in the backfield a ton. He had two missed tackles, but that's, you know, I'm going to forgive him for that because anytime he's in the backfield, the play's over pretty much because someone's going to be there to wrap him up. And it's like it's like when, uh like MVS, like he drops a lot of passes, but he's open all the time, so... You know that's good enough. I'd rather him be open than uh, catch every pass. Like Kenny Clark, if you're going to get in the backfield, it's okay if you miss a tackle every now and then. But um, Preston Smith, as you mentioned, he defends the run better than it, better than anyone else on the field probably. I mean, he's once at PFF sees it that way, he had a 74.4 run defense grade, highest on the team on Sunday. Uh, he's Joe Barry really seems to understand how to use him. Uh, Just use him to set the edge, let everything funnel inside of where Preston is. And we've got the linebackers like Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes to be able to come and clean up. Uh, but it all starts with Preston Smith. Obviously, he's got the long arms. He's a big guy. He's able to just go out there, set the edge, funnel everything else back inside. And it's it's working pretty well. Obviously, I'm not saying we have the uh, the 2015 Broncos defense, but we've got some of these pieces. And when they're all playing well and when Kevin King isn't on the field, it seems like it's, it's going to be enough for us to go on
1: a pretty deep playoff run. With Preston, I, I, he came back, took a pay cut. He leaned down pretty well. He definitely, you know, put muscle on and and lost some weight. Uh, And not that he even needed to, but he just, he got faster. He got more explosive. Uh, You mentioned how they kind of, with Joe Barry, he really understands how to utilize him. Uh, He's not putting him in coverage every play or even, there was a stat that I had put up uh, some time ago where he was in coverage, a really significant amount of snaps, uh, last year with Mike Pettin, but when he was in Washington with Joe Barry, it was something less than 2% of snaps he was in coverage. And it's like those are the kind of things that where Joe Barry realizes, like, it's not like he's, he's not going to be successful against the pass. He'll see he'll be successful against, you know, run, rushing the passer, pass rush, but he's not going to be out there playing corner. Like he, he can, but his best attribute is his ability to stop the run. He is super successful in that area. Uh, they put everything in, in, in kind of in front of him, and he's able to just set the edge really well. Uh, in, in terms of PFF, among guys with at least 100 snaps, uh, he has the best run grade, run defense grade. He has the best in the NFL. So uh, you you look at that kind of stat, and it's, it, it tells you how good he's been so far. And, and he's definitely, it's great to have him on the field. He's a guy that I wanted to keep around. I did not want to have to go out and, and cut him. That's for sure because he is too valuable of a player, um, and to me, keeping him around is totally worth it, and we're seeing those results kind of show its face now.
0: And hopefully, when Zadarius gets back, we can have the Smith Bros dynamic duo that we that we had back in 2019. Um, I I kind of there's a lot of guys who like you know David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, when they get back, the offense. I feel like the play action game is going to be a lot more successful on offense and. Having Zedarius and Preston back, that's just going to help the pass rush and the run defense probably. I'm interested to see how Joe Barry uses Zedarius because obviously Mike Patton loved to use him all over the field. So maybe Joe Barry has something up his sleeve for Zedarius. So as this offense gets healthier, they learn the system, they get comfier in the in the playbook, I feel like we're only going to see improvements on that side of the ball, which is such a changeup from how we felt last week. <laughs> like last week we thought the world was ending. there um, after we gave up too many points to the lions, but they just looked a lot better this week. And I mean, like I said, I really think Kevin King not being on the field makes, makes a bigger difference than you might think.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. It was surprising, but it it wasn't surprising. It was just refreshing, I guess. Like we finally saw not that we want, obviously his, his, his illness, his concussion, whatever the situation is, nobody wanted that. Like But you know this was bound to happen eventually. Where Kevin King isn't going to be on the field, like we just we had to see what it was like. And I feel like with Eric Stokes out there starting and Shandon in the slot, I feel like not bad. Like I I thought the results were pretty good. Um, King will be back eventually, and he's going to play. Like so, I don't think he'll. I don't think Stokes is going to lose any snaps. Uh, I, I definitely think King will be in the mix in the slot. He'll play a little bit on the outside. They're going to mix and match it, but. Uh, you know, and maybe they'll come to a determination where King isn't going to play as much or whatever, but like, they have to be encouraged by what we did in the secondary this week and just the way the defense played overall. Uh, That's, like I said, I'll say it again, that was really strong performance, and, and if they want to keep that kind of play up, they need those guys on the field to do it. So, like I said, super encouraging to see what we have moving forward. Uh, This is a week-to-week league, so that performance was strong, but We have to see if they can keep it up because like we said, they they were not good in week one. Obviously that was some of the worst defense we've seen since we talked about the 2016 defense in the playoffs. Like that was as bad as as we felt like that was. And then in week two, it was a little bit better at times, but it still wasn't great. Like in, in this week, it was really good. We have to see what they truly are. Hopefully this kind of, this big win, the the dramatics of it all, the way the defense showed up and, and made big plays in the first half. hopefully that all carries over into success moving forward.
0: All right, before we move on, we got to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Fanlocks. The company is back producing the novelty dread caps for the Packers for the Badgers and for pretty much any team's colors that you can think of. We want to show our support for a local company which is becoming a national brand and who still supports those fans and is trying to do some good for people. They still donate to fans who are losing their hair in chemotherapy treatment. In fact, they have a campaign in which you buy one and they will give one to a patient at the hospitals that they work with. So, check it out. Fanlocks.com. Follow them on their Facebook, their Instagram and show your support for not only the Packers, but a local small business who's doing good things off the field as well. Hopefully, it's. starts with this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I suspect will be a another promising showing from the defense because the Steelers' offense looks like the worst offense since 1912. Uh, they just look awful. Big Ben Roethlisberger, he has fallen off a cliff if three games are enough evidence because man he he's really bad. this offense is even worse than it was last year, and the defense obviously they're missing t j Watt don't know if he's gonna go on Sunday or not, but uh the defense does not look like it's as dominant as it was a year ago, but uh for the defense, our defense, I think they're gonna have a very successful day on on Sunday. What do you think, Bron?
1: Yeah, I mean it definitely starts with stopping their running game if if they can if they can hold off. Najee Harris, and take advantage of the fact that that offensive line is is old, banged up, and and not very good. Uh, if they can take advantage of that, have Preston Smith do his thing. Let Devondre Campbell use his explosiveness and speed to get inside and and cut through the A and B, and then have those guys kind of go to work stopping the run. Hopefully, Chris Barnes is available because we're gonna need him too. Uh, that's gonna be a big part of this, I think, as well. If, if Chris Barnes can't go, it's gonna be Ty Summers or Oren Burks. And the drop-off from, from Barnes there is real. So I, I definitely want to see uh, Barnes back in the mix. And then I feel like we'll have success against that running game with Kenny Clark in the middle as well. And then you can just kind of have to worry about the passing game. But, you know, Ben isn't going to move outside the pocket, so it's going to be a little bit easier than we've seen uh, over these past few weeks. Even against, you know, Jimmy G is more apt to run. Jared Goff is more apt to run than than Big Ben. Like, Big Ben is literally a statue in there. so. Uh, at this at this stage of his career at the age of 39 so uh, we really just have to worry about uh, just having our guys fulfill their assignments in the back end having success in the running game up front and then everything else will take care of itself because our offense will get its job done this this feels like uh
0: (laughs) when we were going into the Eagles game last year because I feel like uh, Ben Roethlisberger this year is like the 2020 Carson Wentz where it's just like Man, what happened to this guy, man? I mean, obviously, it's more explainable for Ben because he's 39. But uh, he's just, he's really bad. And I feel like it's, its like, it's almost, it's not exciting to watch because he sucks. But it's, like, it's exciting because of how funny it can be. Like, Carson Wentz, like, oh, man, what what kind of hilarious way is he going to take a snack this week? Big Ben, last week, he fell over taking a drop back. <laughs> he, he threw a swing pass to Najee Harris on 4th and ten. What are yeah. you doing, Ben? What are you doing? Yeah,
1: I mean it's just all of the above bad. Like I don't know, what, <laughs> half of it is the play calling, and half of it is Ben's decision making. And like it, I don't know if you watched that game at all, Griff, but the throws that he was not making was just appalling. At how many missed throws he had in that game, the interceptions, the and you mentioned the drop back. He literally took a three step drop. He didn't even he couldn't even hitch before he just kind of swung the ball to the running back and fell over like a. i don't even know what that he just couldn't even handle his own body he can't even run anymore it's like it's almost sad like he can't even move in there it's like that's the kind of quarterback that green bay's defense is is well suited playing one that's not going to run around them and out out outspeed them so uh they're pretty they're they're set up to win this game here because of, of i feel like we match up pretty well the only thing that would concern me in the slightest is how physical that Pittsburgh's defense can be. Uh, Green Bay played really physical against the, against the Niners, and, and I was really impressed with how physical they were. But, the, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are always physical. They are one of the most physical defenses in the NFL. Uh, if they out-physical us on offense, that could be a momentum swinger where things could go out of whack. I don't see it happening because our offense is going to execute with more finesse stuff. They don't even have to be as physical on offense. They just have to kind of out-finesse the Steelers there. And I think they will, but that Pittsburgh defense is extremely physical. Every single time they step on the field, it's just the nature of that team. And we're not always that way. Maybe, you know, maybe we will be moving forward after that big win in San Francisco, but uh, we can't revert back to the stuff that we usually do. So that's going to be key here. We can't have that situation. We have to kind of match up with their physicality. And I think we will. I think the
0: softest part of our team has always been the defense, but uh, luckily the opposing offense is not anything to be afraid of. I do not think, but you know, it's like, like our defense can be pretty soft, but our offense, it's not like they're, it's not like they're super aggressive and super tough and super physical, but it's just, it's when we're playing a defense that is super physical and super, you know, tough, it's really not much of a factor like the Rams last year in the playoffs or the, even the Colts last year in, uh, in week 11 in Indianapolis. It's like, it's really not much of a factor because we're not a ground and pound type team we're not like a just run it up the middle three times and then go play action deep shot it's a light like you said it's a lot more finesse it's a lot more lab work from Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett it's we're finding ways to get guys open no matter who the defense is so it's I'm I'm less I'm less scared of opposing defenses than I used to be with Matt LaFleur and uh, Aaron Rodgers playing the way he is hopefully he doesn't revert to himself two weeks ago and he he keeps his foot on the gas and gets the ball out quickly because he's going to have to. And hopefully they just come up with a good game plan to, to counter this, this very talented defense.
1: All right, Griff. So why don't you tell me your prediction for this game?
0: Well, seeing as how last week went, where we were way off (laughs) on, on what we expected to happen. I'm hoping that doesn't happen this week, but I'm, there's really no reason we should lose this game. There really isn't unless, you know, we, just turn into our week one offense for whatever reason, but it's at home. We're gonna have the the momentum. Sealers, they're just they are not a good football team. So I'm I'm thinking we put up some points in this one. I'm gonna go 35 to 10.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah man. I, have
0: you seen like Big see Ben? That. Man, he is.
1: He is yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals put a beating on him last week. So if that tells you anything, yeah. Uh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go something similar i'm gonna say 29 to 10 too like i I think 10 is a good number i feel like they're not going to put up many points on us this is a game to me where our defense can really have a dominant performance i feel like that would be something that we have to see that i i feel like the buccaneers you look at that the buccaneers the rams all these contending teams uh pretty much everybody excluding the chiefs that you think of as super bowl contenders we've seen their defense come out and put up a really strong performance at some point. Like when you look at last year, the bucks were always, you know, they had games where they just flat out dominated and green Bay was, was one of those games in the, in the regular season. And and they just came out and dominated teams. And I feel like if we could do that this week, holding the Steelers to 10 points, the offense does enough where they can, if they score 29 points, you know, they don't need to come out and score 50 if they, if they only allow 10 points. I feel like that would make us a more complete football team if we can come out. We don't have to score 40, but we could certainly allow 10 and still win by double digits. That's the kind of performance I want to see, and that's what I expect to see against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Green Bay.
0: Hopefully this is one of those games where we just generate a bunch of takeaways, keep them out of the end zone for most of the game. Hopefully we see some Jordan love at the end of this game. Because that's that's really how it should go, honestly. Because this team is not is is not talented enough on offense to make it a real contest. Uh, knowing what we should expect of our offense, if they play the way that we expect them to, then it really should not be a contest. But you never know. The Packers, man, they're just sometimes they just they, they don't get off the plane, even though this game's at home. But anyways, uh, that's it for us. I don't I don't have much to add. Bron, is is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Aaron Rodgers first start against the Steelers since a game that we all probably remember pretty well. Uh the Super Bowl in twenty ten, twenty eleven. So yeah, that should be a fun little interesting uh moment. We'll see if that uh brings back any memories for Aaron. And hopefully he performs pretty well against them like last time as well.
0: Hopefully, because that was an all-time performance from him, you know, last time he played the Steelers. Um yeah, that's it. That's exciting. That'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers and Twitter at AllDayPackers. And you can follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. Don't forget the dot. Very important. But uh, that's it. And hopefully we see a win this week. Hopefully we make Big Ben retire before
1: halftime because he, he's just not a likable guy, I don't think. Not a likable guy. That does it. Go Pack Go. Thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Today in Titletown, so make sure to follow us there as well. Go Pack Go.
0: Yeah, follow the the podcast account. That's important. We post all kinds of updates on there. So uh, if you never want to miss a pod, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter and Instagram, the big five. Uh, Yeah, that'll do it. Go Pack Go.